Welcome to the One Shot Audio Experience Podcast, a show dedicated to enriching the lives of young basketball players by exposing them to the many possibilities basketball has to offer on and off the court. I'm your host, Andrew Roberti, aka Coach Drew. I'm a basketball performance specialist and the founder and owner of One Shot Basketball Academy. I want to personally thank you for joining me. If you love this podcast, don't be shy. Tell a friend, tell two friends, tell three friends, however many friends you have, tell them all. We are trying to reach as many young lives as possible. We are hoping this podcast changes the trajectory of one person's life. If we can do that, we'll have done our jobs. Enjoy the show. Now let's rock out. Hard work, dedication, a lot of patience, one opportunity, so go ahead and take it. Never back down, keep grinding, we gon' make it. What's up, One Shot fam? Welcome back to the show. Today we have a very special, very fun episode laid out for you today. I'm kicking it with my boys from way back in the day. I'm talking the high school, middle school, high school days with my guys, Brian, B-Dirt, Hurt. And EA labeled three peat. That's what they were labeled back in the day. I was part of that gang. And we're just gonna, you know, talk it talk a little basketball, chop it up, reminisce on the good old times where we used to hoop back in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, all those times where we used to go out to Bamford Park, which is a local park over here in Fort Lauderdale. And we used to spend spend countless hours there from sun up to sundown playing basketball, going going out to eat as a group with, you know, not only this three peak gang, but we had a whole army of kids that we used to hang out with back in the day and would show up at these parks and, and just play all day, every day. And it was fun. But these are two of my good friends that you know, we just grew up together. We we played on the same high school basketball team, Western High School represent. And we're just going to kick it, man. We're just going to kick it, have some fun, have some laughs. It's a good old time reminiscing about the high school days. So kick your feet up and enjoy the episode. Fellas, Brian, EA, what it do? Yo, 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 what up, Bert, man? <laughs> hey, what's good? Hey, what's up, fellas? This is my... The the three peat gang is in the house minus one of the main pieces of the crew. Shout out B Rad. B Rad. Hey. B Rad's here in spirit always. That's right. That's right. So we're kicking it with the old school high school fam. Uh, got a special episode for you guys today. Um, it's my guy Eric. What's up? And Brian right here. B Dirt. B-Dirt. EA, hey, EA and V Dirt. Um, B Dirt with the U. These are these are guys I went to high school with. Uh, we played for Western High School, class of '09. Eric's with your class of eleven. Class yeah, of eleven. Class of eleven. These were my uh, partners in crime here back in the day. Uh, yeah. We we bet we were. I don't know. People used to call us what, like the Bamford Legends. We yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Bamford Legends, bro. We were always out. Holding uh, down. Yeah, holding down Bamford, Davy. Good court, man. Hey, that's that was the that was yeah, the that was the go-to spot. That was the go-to spot. Yeah, back we would in run the day. it all day long. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, I think that's how we met, right? That mm-hmm. through kind of Bamford Park there. 
Um, I know especially with Brandon and, you know, I had met him out there. Uh, you know, we spent a lot, a lot of time, I mean, at Bamford. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it was... A lot of weekends, man. A it's, lot. It's really hard to fathom the, the amount of hours we put into a place like that. A lot of, and a lot of weekends. And a, lot a lot of hooping. Do- a lot of dollar bills getting yeah, in. Yeah, right? A lot, a, lot, a lot of open doors in the back. Let's <laughs> 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 uh, hope people in, but hey, man. Hey. Yeah, those, Any, good, anything to pay a dollar to get in there and play, man, though. Yeah, but that was those, good, courts, those courts were... It was really good, man. Ideal, to say the least, yeah. you know. The environment was perfect. The competition was always there, you know, and you could you could play there for five six hours and not get tired. You know, it was yeah. perfect. Hey, I mean, I'll get there on, on like Saturday mor Saturday mornings, right? When all the OGs were out there, because yeah, they were at, out there at like yeah. eight a.m. You gotta get bro. out there super early for super those. Super early. Those like, runs were like seven or eight a.m. Yeah, and it was like, I was I think I was like twelve or thirteen years old. It's basically like you know you had to get there early. If you wanted to get on the court, you know, mm-hmm. so I was I was always probably like the first one to get there. That was the only way you're gonna get picked. Only way, yeah. Only way you're gonna get picked is if you get there early and you you know you're the first one to get on the court. And if you ended up losing, you're probably just gonna sit there the whole rest of the time until wait for downs. Be a bystander. Wait, wait, wait for downs because nobody was probably gonna pick you up for the most part. No. You're gonna be a. A witness the rest of the day. Yeah, but so I mean, your goal is to stay on that court as much as yeah, you could, but they, but especially they, if you worked up, you worked hard to get there first thing in the morning too. Right. Yeah, but remember they they didn't go too long. They'd like go there mad early and then leave like almost at noon. So like when when I would show up, you know, eleven, twelve, about, about like, seven to twelve, later, like seven to ten. Yeah, they yeah. would like be out and then it'd be the young cats, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in. Uh, yeah, around twelve o'clock. That's when like more of the high school group kind of mm-hmm. came in and and started playing too. I mean, I didn't mind the, I didn't mind watching the older guys play. To be honest, like I loved kind of, you know, sitting watching them play or shooting on the uh, the uh, outside courts there, as far as like the yeah, court yeah. next to it, and just yeah, the side hoops, the side hoops, mm-hmm. yep, and just watching getting them quick play layups, you know, yeah, not getting their way too much, right? But I mean, that was still enjoyable, kind of watching how the older guys uh, played and you know picking their. Picking their brains, seeing some of the skills that they had, and kind of trying to, you know, incorporate that into our game as well. I mean, that's what I did, and uh, I mean, we were there literally. I would be there from what eight a.m. to, I mean, way past noon, probably to like four, three, four p.m. Easy, four p.m. And then we'd make some nice uh, Wendy's trips. You yeah. know, yeah, take, take whatever extra dollars you had left from the entry, get it. That's get a couple right. dollar nuggets and the bacon cheeseburger, you know. Bacon yeah. cheese. Hold it down for all the fuel you just burned for the, the last half a day. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but I, I definitely agree with the, uh, you know, definitely taking notes from the old heads. You can sit yeah. there and learn from almost anybody if you sit there long enough, you know, and pay attention to the details. I, I remember. even those old guys, you know, whether they can't jump or ain't the fastest guy, you know, they're still doing things positive. You know, you can still learn from all of them. For sure. I remember one guy specifically who used to, I mean, I think he was a Bamford legend himself. Was this guy named Joe? You remember Joe? Joe? That's, that's, the, that's the one guy I was going to bring up. If there's, if there's a Bamford legend, it's Joe. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> bro. Like, his fadeaways were crazy. That was like, that was the one guy you did not want to play against. Yeah. The one guy in the whole gym. It don't matter how long you were playing. You could have been there from 7 like you got there. Joe would come in 11, 30, 12, maybe 1 p.m., just dribble in there. Also, once he walked in, you know the day was over. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you're getting cooked. Yo, he was you that knew good. It. He had he had nice handles. 
uh, was quick, Super nice, quick. crafty layups. You know, it always kind of yeah, finished his, his well. Hezzy, his hezzy was super nice quick. Nice little hezzy. And then he had a fadeaway, and I loved his fadeaway. He would, I think, he would always turn over like either the left or right shoulder. Always over I, his left shoulder. Yeah, always over the left shoulder. But I would, I would always like go home and work on that like fadeaway because I was like, dang, that's he, so good. He would bank them in half of the time too. I remember some because I would guard him anytime we play against him. I'd try to guard him always, and he would always bank and turnarounds all day long. Yeah, yeah. Fadeaways over his shoulder, banking them in. Yeah. Ridiculous. So, what, what, what's your game? So tell these guys, Eric, what, what's well, a little bit of your game? I was I, I was more off the ball. I wasn't like, I'm not going to cross you up in your face, but I was always really good with the triple threat. Like, okay. like triple threat and, and ripping through. Like And um, and I and more of my game, too, was um, playing off the ball and like moving with the, with the defense and just kind of flowing with the game. Because that's one of the biggest things in basketball is like, obviously, you both know, is like the flow and how you move around and how you how you judge your defender and how they're guarding you you know and read and react exactly yeah, you're, you're, you're very selective even a simple little you know you know little lean of the by that left and then you know cut back right it's just right. stuff simple stuff like that so i was always more off the ball but i always loved the triple threat because i mean even if you're bad man if you got a good triple threat yeah triple threats poke no it's, matter it's, what it's, what it's, speed right it's like have to it's like one it. of the most fundamental things about basketball but it's so right it's so amazing you, you're using your jab a lot, right? Exactly. Always with the little one-two jab, and if they don't, if they don't move, you take off that jab on that second go, and right. And then that Coach was, Todd taught us. Well. Not, yeah. not expecting, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, you rip the ball, you, you go that, through. That that exact tactics used to make mm-hmm. the defender respect you because mm-hmm. it's three different threats. You know, you, they have to respect all your games. Yeah, so, so you make them pay. So that was my. I was always off the ball. I loved the triple threat, and um, my biggest thing when I was growing up when I was younger was my mid-range jump shot. That was that was yeah, my you bread had and butter. butter. You had the wetter. That you was my that was my bread and butter. My you had the wetter. We're we're not hit or miss. Of, of but our class, you had the best shot, hands down. Yeah, because and I can't. And I, I know shot. I know Andrew had a, had an amazing shot, but yeah. I don't know. I know you shot eighty nine percent your senior year from yeah. free throw line. You led. You were you were top in the county almost. What yeah, you? I believe I was. I, I, I think you were, like, I think you were top three top percentage in the county your I was senior year. Definitely high eighties, but even even you were eighty nine, eighty eight or eighty nine percent. I came I came a long way because I was. You, you had the wetter, bro. I was when my my from like middle school was like no one really like because I played basketball a lot, but no one really taught me how to like do things you know until i got to high school which is like you know yeah definitely had a community like our you know what's it called recreational pickup you know recreational basketball yes counties right i mean like so back in the day there weren't as many skills trainers or anything like that like Like, it was very very rare like travel basketball wasn't like as developed as it was you know and i would say just like and, and it's to, too with social media and just like I would say information in general just wasn't as you know the internet wasn't around when we were that young and like at least right. that accessible to it wasn't us wasn't on our right. phones you know it wasn't yeah. on our phones like it'd more be more computers but just that information wasn't out there so like some people's moves people's you know play styles we never really got to you weren't exposed to that much but so that's why because I you know I got most of my training when I was in high school and late middle school but um but yeah so you know, for me, it was just always, you know, my triple threat off the ball. And, and my biggest thing, too, is I, I was very good at reading, reading the, like, the way the ball would come off the rim or reading the, the way that just... Um, the trajectory of the yeah, ball. Yeah, just, I was always really good. So I was always able to get, like, you know, Definitely little, little putbacks yeah. and, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, so, you know, triple threat off the ball, reading the defense, and uh, my, my jump shot was my thing, you know, man? That was my bread and butter, man. Yeah. My and bread and butter. I mean, Eric... 
Uh, he was a varsity player. You're, you're a sophomore, right? Yeah, I, I got bumped up sophomore year. Sophomore year, he was a varsity basketball player, and uh, you know he performed very, very well. Uh, I think he he exceeded everybody's expectations, which was it's kind of crazy. We my this was my senior year when they were a sophomore, mm-hmm. and you know we were this is Western High School. Um, we were Wild known cats. represent, but we were known as at Western for being like the unathletic white team. You know, like had to slow the ball down. Like Coach Todd, if you knew Coach Todd back in the day, we played like a very uh, slow style game that not very a lot structured. of very structured that you know Princeton style mm-hmm. offense Princeton. that that not a lot of you know kids enjoyed playing. Not but, much flexibility in the offense. It was very very dictated. Right, and uh, you know we ran a lot of plays because again we couldn't, and you see this now when you're a coach, you're like, oh, you understand a little bit better. Like you know, we really didn't have the athleticism to play with like teams that were, you know, like a, a Ely or a Dillard or all these athletic Stranahan teams. You exactly. know, so he was Coach Todd. You know, understood that, and he's like, all right, we got to switch our game around to fit our players, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is a really good strategy in his part. You know, and obviously we're, we're kids. playing small ball. Then, yeah. You know, like the current the current pace of the NBA, we're playing small ball for for people around the perimeter. You know, right? That was our strategy because we didn't have that. Yeah. But like yeah. back in the day, a lot of kids too didn't like really have like I want to say their own style, but you know their own way to get after it. You know, right? And um, and I guess that comes you know maybe when you know Coach Todd and his way of you know doing you know very Princeton very structured that sometimes it wouldn't you know kids wouldn't develop styles, but like. You know, not too many people, like, even in high school, have their own individual style, their own individual play style, you know? And yeah. it's just, like, and it's, like, I guess it comes down to, like, muscle memory, you know? Like, because when, you know, we've all, we all been in games, so when the game hits, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you, you the guys come, the, the defender's up on you real close, and it's, like, everything that you've practiced for the last week, two weeks, you know, months, goes out the window, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, muscle yeah. memory. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what, like, it's in your core, you know, what you can right. fall back onto. And a lot of kids, you know, just didn't have that, you know? But, obviously, you know, we did, you right. know, a lot of, you know... You know, that's with every team. You know, there's there's kids that have, it's kids that don't. But I, th- I, think, I think a big part of that, like you were saying, is there wasn't a lot of exposure to basketball besides, you know, going to parks and getting around and playing in your free time. You know, you had to get out there and put a lot of hours into the game to right. actually even play with people mm-hmm. and to be able to be advanced at your age because – Especially, you know, like you growing up, you said you didn't, you played rec leagues, but no one really, you didn't have a trainer, you didn't, yeah. you know. I, I didn't go, I didn't go out to parks, because like, I lived far from Bamford, where you guys exactly. lived when I was in middle school, and I, I mean, I couldn't so, get out there to Bamford, you know. Right. Ex- exposure is everything, you know, mm-hmm. as much exposure you can get to the game, no matter what mm-hmm. level it's at, you know, every day. I remember, I would literally, for like a four year stretch, play every single day. Yeah. No. The second I come up from school, play basketball until someone's done. Yeah. Play, no matter where I was playing, it was in front of my house, or at the park, or at Bamford, indoors, I had the luxury of playing that one time in a week, which is usually a Saturday, you know? Yeah. But literally, all the exposure you can get, you know, take it and run with it because you'll find people literally who get to the point where they're trying to play on a competitive level and they're still learning the game and don't have a lot of instincts to fall back on, yeah. muscle yeah. memory. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, and so, you know, Western, right, we were known for being that kind of, you know, slow it down team back in the day. Um so, so that's like our old old school uh, play template there. Yeah, it's, solid, it's, man. 
whenever we didn't know what play we were going to, we were just go to Chin. That was Chin. that was default right there because default Chin was setting. every no matter what player was on the court, everybody as long as you wore a Western Wildcat jersey, you knew that play. Yeah, you knew Chin. I don't even even. Non-Western, even non-Western. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how Western that play was. Is if yeah. if you ever played Western, you knew that play. Yeah, yeah like you know? coaches <laughs> knew that play, and like I mean, especially the Cypress Bay coaches. Like oh, yeah. Coach yeah, Lukey, we were we were hacked way back in the day. He's still the coach for Cypress right now, but I mean, he. Boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I know they just had more of a free-flowing offense, more like. Uh, what like was that? Penetrate and go, right. or um, what's the like, that out. like flex or whatever? Like, uh, you know, just like you know, they they you know they go for like, you know they dribble into the paint. If they can't get it, they kick it out. Right. Um, what was it called? Dive. No, they. they yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like I, I can't. Offense. I, I can't like, remember the. Uh, they had, like the name three guards that would yeah. go. You know, if they can't penetrate, then one guard they'd kick it out, and another guard would try. So it was just always like a free flowing free. They would. Oh, someone's always trying to get dive. something open. Dive because they kept they kept diving. Oh dive yeah, was ours, yeah, I remember. Yeah. But they had a different name for it. But uh, but yeah, because I remember, I remember my sophomore year, like I gained a lot of like a lot of exposure and just playing with varsity. Just it's that steps it up that mentality. And I, I remember one of the biggest things, like reason why I was able to go to varsity because like the position I played, we didn't really have a four. Like right. yeah. you know, because we had a lot of guards. You know, we had a lot of shooters and a couple bigs, but we didn't really have that. That four, that middleman, you know, and right. and me being like, you know, I was like like six foot six one, and I like I said, I really wasn't a guard, right. but I really let's, was. Let me know say we're six one, yeah, like six one playing the four, right? <laughs> which is ridiculous. Like this is Western here, exactly, this is exactly, because exactly. you know, like we had a to bunch of perspective, we had yeah. a bunch of five eight, five ten, you know, guards, and tallest I'm like, guy on the team, maybe six three. Right? Yeah, like I'm like six one, maybe six two, some shoes on, you know, like. And I played that that four, so I was able to like you know sneak into varsity just all on that spot alone, you know, because right. like me, Shahab. Yeah, there was value there. You know, maybe maybe a couple, you know, that we had. And even going into like that year, there was like a lot of hype, right? We had this kid, his name was Craig, and uh, he had been a transfer from Craig Everglades. Wong. Craig Wong, Craig Wong he had been a transfer Shout from out. Everglades. We had been playing with this kid. Throughout the summer, uh, we had developed a nice kind of chemistry with him, and me and myself, David Weigel, who's another guard on the team. Okay, and, but before we get into the, you know, the reality of the story, let me right. just go on record and say this guy, hands down, we played the whole summer with him. Yeah. I was telling Eric earlier today, this guy is probably the best person I've played with in person and yeah. against. Like this guy was hands down unstoppable. Right. Like the excitement behind having him on the team was. It was crazy you know, because unreal. he was right. He was like the missing piece. It, if you would have, if you would have seen kind of like our team, it was like myself who was the shooter. We had a lot of role players. David Weigel, who was a nice point guard, very quick, Solid. very athletic. Um, and then you'd have this kid Craig Wong, who was basically like the creator, like, uh-huh. and he, the attacker. the attacker, like he would get us open. Um, he would, you know, drive and kick very easily, penetrate. Uh, he was always very reliable with the ball. We'd always get it to him. Like if there were trap situations, he'd always break out of them very easily. Uh, and it was just easy to play with him. So, you know, amazing talent. It was, yeah, it was. We were very excited about that season, and basically, 
something terrible happened, you know, that kind of shook the whole team there is he decided to play football, like coming in, he was, he was going to be a senior at Western high school. It was going to be his first year playing, playing football. You know, I'd never played it before. And somehow the, 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 uh, football coach, you know, persuaded him to play. And, you know, it was the first game of the year. I remember, uh, going out we to watch. Out we were all support, out there. You know, yep. We had our center that played yep. as well. We had, yep. Mongo. Yep. Shout Mongo. out Feliciano. Shout out Mongo. He was out there. Uh, he plays for that the Buffalo Bills right now. Um, but basically, we were all out there supporting Craig and supporting Mongo. And it was the first play, I think the first play of the game, really. And it was off of a kickoff. He catches the kick, kickoff. Opening kick return. Opening man, it kick. Was, it, it starts was, running to the left. Um, and then basically gets tackled and next thing you see is like the kid like sprawled on the floor you know clutching his knee and we're like all standing up like oh my gosh no this can't be happening like you know there goes our whole season as if we had some hope before now you know there goes it all (laughs) yeah pretty much I mean like we we knew we, we had a very good shot of you know doing some damage not only in our county um, but possibly going, you know, to districts and, and districts, stuff after yeah. that, or not districts, hopes. but um, you know, regionals and all that kind of stuff. Because his team was solid, but like you said, he was that player that that just that was that piece. missing piece that that was an attacker that he a dynamic played. player that yeah. we didn't have available in our school. You know, we, none of us were that no. player. Right. Yeah, we had that big. We had Mongo, Big Five, man. Big back then, bro, and he was just... We had the whole list of the role players. We had the shooter on the bench. We had the, yep. you know, the handyman, Eric mm-hmm. Lewis. You know, he was the the, the, the glue guy, so to yeah. speak. You know, Shahab was the, the heart of the team. There was, right. We had the whole role, yeah. every role filled, but we didn't have that star, you know? Yeah, Nick Blatcher, too. Nick Blatcher. Um, that was the Lou Will off the bench. The Lou Will. <laughs> um, but at the same time... Um, what that did is that opened up a, a role for Eric, to be honest. Like, you know, I think uh, having, if Craig were in there playing, I don't know if that uh, would have been the same kind of deal for Eric there as far as, you know, his spot on the team. Because I would say midway through the year, Eric's, Eric got a starting, earned a starting position. My boy was and, starting. Uh, you know, he was starting. doing very, very well. Um and you know he he was he was producing and very you know, productive very very he productive and that and that led that led him to you know not only being you know a, a great player on that as a sophomore but you know it led him into a junior and senior year where he was very successful with you know the western program so yeah man just getting that exposure to play with with the older kids and, and that i guess just the old the, the better talent you know just definitely just helped me grow faster you right, know for sure you know so i i was definitely appreciated for that but like you said like honestly man, my, it, my, my two cents on it is definitely in my experience too you know you definitely play to the level of your competition mm-hmm. no matter how good you are how good of a day you're having you literally you you most of the times depending on how much effort you're giving you play to the level of your competition so in your in your case you know when you playing against better people for a whole season and a half two yeah. seasons and then by senior year you know you've put in the work and you've yeah. Definitely made a lot of progress. Because I remember playing against like you know like some good players and some good teams, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, was it my sophomore year, or maybe my junior year, we played at uh, Flanagan. Um, Who's the guy? Kyle Marshall. Kyle Marshall. I played against yeah. him. Kyle Marshall. He went on to play for some Butler. Butler. Butler yeah. 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 But he played, played with um, 
Gordon Hayward, didn't he? I don't know. He might have. Yeah, I think so. He did. On the team, he, he where Hayward shot that mm-hmm. in the final four. Against Duke, yeah. 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 He yeah. Could have, yeah he could but no, yeah, so we've definitely played against some pretty, solid players. He was pretty nasty. Yeah, he, he, was, he was dominating since he Kenny, like, we played against – well, I didn't play against him, but I watched him in the varsity game play yeah. Kenny Boynton. <laughs> yeah. And that guy was a lightning bolt, too. Yeah, he's Kenny Boynton's still balling overseas right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean – shoot my sophomore year that was i i watched you know from the bench brandon knight his freshman year i watched him <laughs> dunk all over posterize <laughs> okay dunk all over is putting it nicely i know i understand why but he posterized our jv coaches college bound scene or something <laughs> you can find that on youtube that, that is the headline of the video is all i'm quoting there i didn't witness it i watched the youtube video a few times it. But, you know, it says, Brandon Knight, freshman Brandon Knight. Dunks on, dunks college, on college bound senior. That's right. So yeah. it's, it, was, it was, once you saw that from Brandon Knight, as a freshman, you're like, oh, man. And we're talking, we're talking freshman, right? So we're, yeah. talking, we're talking a private school as well. So he yeah. was an eighth grade freshman. Right. This kid was 13, 14 years old playing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he's doing those things. And he's six foot two, you know. So the second he kept going, we knew he was, you know, destined for the lead. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, they had some. We had some great teams back in the day. I mean, that a I lot would, of talent came out of South Florida. Yeah. And that's the thing. So definitely credit the exposure to that the competition, yeah. the level of competition. For sure. I mean, dude, I would remember going out to watch these American Heritage games. You remember those games? American, American Heritage, Heritage games. Had Kenny were, Boyton, uh, Ray Taylor. Ray Taylor was just and Mello, right? Uh no, Fat was Fab Mello was, was on Sagemont. Sage okay. Yeah, Fab Mello was on Sagemont. R.I.P. Rest in peace. R.I.P. to the Cuse as well. I remember he did a 360 dunk in one of our uh, like summer games. Dude, I remember I got an offensive rebound over this guy. Yeah, you were like working concessions or whatever, and he did like like yo, do a 360, man, because he's like like 6'10". He was seven foot. He was literally seven foot, bro. I was like. Yeah, giant. What, like you know? a 16, 17 year old kid? Yeah, yeah. Lanky he was, exactly. He was like, he was 16, 17. Easy I guess. 360 dunk, man. <laughs> but I, yeah, I remember even exactly that. We, we, it was freshmen. It was before you even played your sophomore yeah. year on varsity. We played with the varsity team. Brandon, you and I, we played with them in the spring league, remember? Yeah. We yeah. played against the Sage Mountain. The eight of those, Heritage was in that league. Remember, I remember take, trying to take a charge and almost got cleared, but playing against <laughs> Fat Mello and those people, you know, the, yeah, the competition level was intense, you know, and that was ninth grade, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so we had, I mean, we had Brandon Knight, Kenny Boyden, Eloy Vargas, Ray Taylor, I mean, Fat Mello. There was a, a whole slew of guys coming out. Board of talent. Yeah, Board of talent coming out of Broward County there back in the day. And, and shoot, Dope. Kenny Boyden versus Brandon Knight. I mean, those games were just insane from like a, stand, a fan standpoint, or even a player. Like you know, you you're a, you're a competitive player, and you're watching those two go at it. It's yeah, just yeah. like it's chilling. It's like man, you yeah. know, for real. The, 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 you could tell the amount of work they put in. You know, those two are just in it. They're they're act. They're at I mean, the game you, nonstop. you just couldn't. I mean, Kenny Boyton was just. I mean, he was pulling up from anywhere. Really, you know, he was. I mean, I think at the City of Palms, he dropped like 60 points in one of those games. Um, he's got like a record uh, of, you know, just points in that tournament, I think. 
Um, and Brandon Knight, I mean, I would, I think Brandon Knight and Kenny Boynton, their games got to be so big that they were playing at Nova Southeastern University's basketball gym. Like, they were filling that stadium up yeah. way back in the day. Yeah, they were they, drawing the crowds, to they say were the drawing, least. They were drawing the crowds, so it was, it was cool, and it was like a hot ticket to go watch those guys play, and it was fun to watch them play, too. You know, even if they weren't playing each other, if you could still go watch, like, American Heritage play and watch, like, Kenny Boynton and even Ray, little Ray Taylor, like, maneuver around the court i mean it was fun yeah man that was, it was those cool were the days, man. it was amazing to go watch those games so we talked about eric you know we talked about ea a little What's bit up? of his game <laughs> ea the plantains the, the plantains yeah, hey shout guy. out john shout out eric lewis hey. shout out uh shahab uh, who else was on the Plantains? Oh, uh, Sean Hughes. Oh, Sean Hughes. <laughs> Sean Hughes was on the Plantains. Esther Hughes. Shout out to my boy Esther. Esther Hughes, that's right. That was Shout out to K. Hughes, too, but he wasn't on there. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, the Plantains, man. Another Plantains. Always be a Plantain guy. That's right. Plantain that's right. life. Oh, uh, so we learned about EA. Now let's let's dive into a little bit about your game here, Brian. Tell us a little bit about uh, your basketball game specifically. Okay, well, uh, both of you guys know me very well on the court, but as far as, you know, the crowd, my game is very, uh, very attack mentality, you know, very isolate, you know, dribble heavy, you know, herky-jerky hesitation, (laughs) but uh, definitely a fan of the the triple threat as well because I'm a big fan of making them pay of every every level of the scoring ability, you know, whether it's a layup or mid-range or, you know, even taking it out further than that, but my game was always very offensive dominant and very focused on attacking and I think it was one very, like, saucy. Saucy, for sure. That's how people like, perceive it. I, you know. yeah, no, that's how it was, bro. Really. Like, <laughs> you were always trying to, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And then, like, D nice had little the, finger roll. had, like, the, had the hesitation down, yo. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. Was it, was, it was all hezzy. Exactly. The sauce was the hezzy, you know. I'd, I'd, lay, I'd, lay it, I'd lay it all on you, you know. Pour yeah, the bucket yeah. of it out. Got, got the sauce by the gallon. Well, we you would know, <laughs> lay it out and let you dance in front of me. You know what I'm saying? We'd always be playing well, it was one-on-one or five-on-five. I remember Brian always getting if he wasn't if he wasn't getting buckets, bro. Brian was getting pissed, bro. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing. My, my like I said, my game was. I mean, people perceive my game as like showy and very flashy, which by nature I'm just that's. You know, like I tell Eric sometimes, the only creativity I feel is when I play basketball. So yeah. that's where I get my my flashiness from. But I've always been a very confident player, you know, yeah. no matter what age I was at. So, yeah. like you said, if I wasn't getting buckets, you know, no matter what we're doing, I'm not happy. I'm not excited, you know. So I'm I'm even more aggressive or more engaged or more, you know, emotional. So at some point, something was rising from that, you know, right, the, right, from right. the drawback of the nah, buckets. Because that's all I, that was what my mindset was buckets. Right. <laughs> no, I, no. I ate buckets. That was it. I remember. It. I remember. Yeah, those were buckets. Yeah, so. Man. Banford, you know, uh, the Wildcat program, that was fun. You know, obviously didn't uh, stay in it as long as you guys did. I do the four right. years total, but learned a lot from there. And, you know, I, for me, I, I played, I started the game, I took it serious in about fifth grade, summer mm-hmm. going into sixth grade. You know, I, all I did, like I said, from fifth grade to maybe ninth, tenth grade, I literally breathed basketball every second of my life. Like, became a, a obsession of mine, right. literally. My binders were basketball. My socks were basketball. My... I used to only get two pairs of shoes type thing for school, like when we were younger. Basketball shoes every time, no matter what right, I did. Right, I needed right. basketball shoes because I was playing basketball more important than anything, you know? So yeah. basketball was, was everything for a good portion of my life. So would go to any park I could. I literally, I was living in uh, Northern Broward. I was in Oakland Park for like about a right, year, right. playing in uh, some very, very talented courts, you know, some 
some very, very uh, competitive courts, to say the least. Right, you know, right, right. Hard to get a game out there, of course, but you earn some respect. You know, you earn your stripes out there, and you pick right. it up after a couple runs. So right. definitely um, I developed, I think, my confidence very early playing because nice. I was playing with people twice my age nice. since I played the game, you know. So. And you don't, I guess, and I've discussed this before on my podcast, I think you don't see that as much anymore with, like, younger kids. Um, is them going out to like parks and playing and you yeah. know, playing and pick up games. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of uh, like left the basketball scene. I think in, I think it's I think it's, it's more like I don't know the game. Well, the game has changed, I guess now because the you know they have tons of AAU right, options. Right. You know, so there's basketball to be played. But like I agree with you, there's a lot a lot different type of exposure when right. you play in random parks and. Right. And you play on a daily basis with things besides five-on-five referee games. You know, you, right. you build skin, you build tolerance, you build communication, you build rapport, you build yeah. skills. You know, there's things, there's intangibles that you develop on the on the. Yeah, the when you're playing, playing against, you're playing against those, you know, old old heads that aren't going to give you nothing. Bro. They don't give you anything. There's not a referee, so you don't get a foul. You can't, you don't you know. want to call your own foul because you know how to get pitched out. Someone's about to call you out, you know, call us a weak call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you definitely, um, you know, there's a lot to gain from, from basketball outside of a, a structured game. You know, I that's what I attest a lot of my skill and development oh, from. for sure. You know. And there, a lot I of think, your character, I think, is built out there, you know, more than absolutely. anything, I think. You know, and and what I also say is, you know, a lot of these kids are they're they're doing all this skill work with skills trainers now and stuff like that. And I think going outside and actually applying those skills that you're learning to like you know like the the five on five uh, pickup games, that's where you start getting confident in like putting those in real time. Absolutely, real time. Absolutely, games. they got to be equally as important. Yeah, you know, you have it's it's got to be equal amount of time put into that because. You know why build these skills if you don't apply them and you know use them to right. prove to yourself it's because basketball is definitely a mental thing and right. if you don't pull out those same things with someone in front of you that you yeah. do in front of the cones right. there's not the same results in the game right no doubt so yeah. you get the free repetitions in pickup games versus right. exactly. dropping the ball when you know there's it crowds counts. around you yeah. and you got your coach down your you know your neck and teammates are on your back you know you're trying to do the best thing for the team so right. you get free repetitions in all these pickup games. Right. So I think it's a it's a lost art for sure. But even pickup games, you just it's, it's a whole different dynamic. And I feel, at least from my perspective, is that like I always felt freer in a pickup game yeah. than than wearing your jersey and being being right. you know me have referees. So it's like it's almost liberating to like have the freedom to just you know mess up to, you know to do a wrong play to like you know do something Absolutely. stupid just try you know Absolutely. just and that's where you know I feel like people develop their own style their own gameplays when they just Definitely. you just try man you know how many times I mess up bad shots bad passes it's just <laughs> yeah. no you just and that's why just work your way through it and that's why know? when you go in those kind of you know you know outdoor courts is that you just you have the opportunity to mess up and then that's the biggest thing is experience and having that uh, that that happened to you so you know next time oh i, I can pass it here or you know exactly you, know. you could try things that you couldn't try mm-hmm. with around your coach and your teammates and, right yeah, those are very good up. points those are yeah those are those are great points because i mean i hear that a lot from like parents right now it's like oh you know my kid's struggling with confidence and um you know the the coaches you know they just don't trust in him and you know they they don't believe in what he's doing and it's just like you know, I don't think like these kids, they, they're so structured with everything that mm-hmm. they just don't go out and like experiment with these moves first. And then when they get in the game, they try them out. And it's like, all right, it's not working. 
and they start tensing up yeah they tense up and like you know the coach can obviously sense that and you know if i'm a coach i don't like i don't know i don't want to put you back in the game because i don't want you to turn that ball over again yeah and you're uptight you can see that and you can feel it yeah it's definitely it's definitely a mental thing you know it's a Definitely got to have the confidence there. And the second you become tense and the tension's high, yeah. it's like it's like an animal instinct. The defenders know it, your coaches know yeah, it, yeah. you know it. Yeah, it's a placebo effect. You know, you're psyching yourself out. You know, right. you literally are. So, yeah, but, like I said, the free repetitions. If you can go up, you know, take those advantages and take those losses on your own terms versus yeah. your team's terms. It's right. a lot different experience, and you'll build that character and that confidence yeah, when you, you come to the game. You just right. can't. You just can't be afraid to fail, man. Just go out there. You just have to, and that's the basic thing. It just put yourself out there. You know, even if you're, there's a couple like older, you know, older exactly. heads running. You know, older people running. Just you know, sell on the sidelines. You know, I mean, I've been even when I was a kid. You know, sell on the sidelines of LA Fitness or, or outdoor court. Eventually, someone's gonna pick you up. Hey, little man, want to run a couple <laughs> games or two? Yeah. And just being out there and just you know having that exposure, man. It's just. It's it's the it's the the mindset of you know not not fearing a mistake you know yeah. because anything that's, can happen you know but that's what that's what organized basketball does to you it puts you in that that, that thing of it, it highlights every mistake exactly. so if, if, you, if you know if you do one bad pass you know your coach is on you you're on yourself like okay and then and then it tenses you up from right. maybe you know making that little extra pass or you know. Make, not making that pass because you're scared that you're you're gonna mess it up. Right. You know, or not. Like he mentioned in the beginning, at that point it doesn't become muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, you're literally conflicting with what you're trying to do because yeah. it's it's a movement game. It's a flow of the game. You know, you got to stay moving. The game's got to be yeah. in Cause, motion. Because when the, the game hits year, the fan, man, it's three, third, fourth quarter. Stop, man, exactly. It doesn't get. It's not organized at that point. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is organized at some points, but like they're just. You gotta know like when you can break out of a mm-hmm. certain offense, you know, mm-hmm. like when you can start doing your own thing. You gotta be comfortable, kind of. But but I think I think back about you know the point you made where the, the tension with the player, like I think that reflects their experience, you know, because yeah, for sure. if you don't take those misses in in the dark yeah. and and you do them in the and when the lights are on, it's gonna mean much more to you, and it's gonna as a player you're gonna you're gonna process a lot differently you're not gonna have that same confidence so you need to build that confidence in your free time before you right. have the expectation to you know have that same ability in, a, in the real time right so I think you know the key is to take your chances and don't be don't be scared to take chances because all these all you can go to a different court every single day if you have the ability to, to move around that that way because there's enough courts in maybe not every area but I know in South Florida you can get around in Broward County and For play sure. a lot of different courts so Say you go to a court and you try everything you've ever dreamed of, and it, none of it works. You know, you throw it all in the trash, that whole bag. You throw all that that kid in the in the garbage. You know, go to a different court. Don't do any of those moves again. You try something totally new. Try a different thing because there's tons of more competition out there and right. more opportunity for you to try something else. Right. No matter how many failures you got, you can keep trying. There's no reason to right. to pull back from the experience because that's part of the growth. Is right. No. You don't want it to be at the at the at the cost of an in game moment. You know. No doubt. The great ones they always put in the work the work after the game. You know, away from the game. It's never during the game where they're developing. They literally have a, a itinerary or a go-to list. You know? Right, and and you and you have to mess up. Like you, you have, have to. to mess up. That's in that's these my moves. point. Yeah, like, you have to mess up. You can't expect to have a move if you've never even. It's like it's like any strategy. You know, you have to you know acknowledge the 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 mishaps. You know, the, right. the malfunctions because if you don't. Then you don't have full knowledge of the concept. Right. So if you're doing a move and you never do it wrong, you know you, you just never do it really. And the first time you think you can do it perfect, you're gonna be really thrown off with yeah, the mishap. Yeah. Or if you're doing it against like a cone, like of course there's nobody there. You, there's you not a be hand able, swiping. You yeah. Know, there's so. not a hand swipe. There's not a hand up. Like there's nobody screaming in your face or like anything like that. Like all this stuff matters. 
It's, it's going to have an effect the second you think you're doing the move and then someone else dictates something different. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, your move is, is compromised. You're right, right. So you have to make those, you have to take those compromises away from the game. That's a growth you have to make. Right. Yeah, just, you know? just that, just, you know, outdoor ball or just street ball, it just, it's a totally different dynamic than organized basketball. And it, it's, you have to, you have to do it. If yeah. you're going to, if you're literally, if you love basketball and you want to play basketball and you want to get better, you have to play outdoor ball. If, you have, yeah, if outdoor, just go to LA Fitness, go to gyms, go some, just somewhere where it's unorganized, where it's free flown, where, you know, you're picking up some random people. Just yet yeah, you have to, you have to put, expose yourself. You have to go. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you leave, head over to the iTunes podcast app and go ahead and give us a five star rating. Write a nice review for us. We really appreciate that. We're trying to get this podcast in the ears of as many people as possible. Thanks for checking us out. I'll see you next time. One shot to make it. Hard work, dedication, a lot of patience. One opportunity, so go ahead and take it. Never back down, keep grinding, we gon' make it. Uh, One shot, one shot to make it. Hard work, dedication, a lot of patience. One opportunity, don't never ever waste it. One shot academy, boy, you can't break us. No.